WBCRFM, Loudonville, Albany. Proudly owned and operated by Siena College, a Franciscan institution. 88.3 Welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy from the class of 2017 and the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I am joined by Sherry Wilson, class of 2000, Senior Assistant Director of International and Internal Relations at Stanford University, former WBCR 88.3 The Saint radio host, plus recent Real Virgin contestant. Today we will talk about her Siena story, her time in higher education, and the highlights of Real Virgin. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. You found us, 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back to The Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR, 88.3, The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy from the class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by Shari Wilson, class of 2000, Senior Assistant Director of International and Internal Relations at Stanford University, former WBCR, 88.3, The Saint host, and previously, a real virgin contestant. That's quite the bio, and it is great to dive into all of that today. Um, and a reminder to everyone uh, that is listening to us here on WVCR 88.3 The Saint, it is a bi-weekly podcast highlighting our members of our Siena community, and you can also listen on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, and subscribe to the Siena Alumni YouTube channel to watch the complete selection of shows. Uh, Sherry, I know we recently featured you in the Siena Magazine as a Class Notes newsmaker, probably maybe two or three summers ago, um, and we're so happy to have you on, on today's show, uh, because there's so much more to your story than just that Real Virgin contestant. There's a lot to dive into and unpack. Uh, so first, officially welcome your first time on the podcast. How was your summer, and, and how are you doing today? Well, thank you, Brandon. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is such a joy and always a pleasure to reconnect with Sienna. Um, so I'm glad to be with you today. My summer has been going amazing. Uh, I'm in Northern California, so our summers are super mild, not too hot compared to upstate New York. So summer's going well so far. Yeah, our summer here was probably, you know, average 85 to 90. And, you know, you get those humid days in, in August. And now we're approaching the fall and we're approaching, you know, fall semester and the, and the students are coming back to campus. Uh, and before we get to featuring all of you in, in class notes and everything at Stanford and WBCR, we kind of want to take it back to when you moved in to Siena and think about kind of how your Siena journey began. You grew up locally and Siena was kind of sprinkled in here and there through the years. So can you give our listeners a little bit of a glimpse on how you learned about Siena and, and specifically how your big Kimberly helped you learn about Siena pretty early on? Yeah, I love sharing this story. I was first introduced to Sienna as a youngster, a young child. I was probably about seven or eight or so um, in the early 80s. I was a member of the Big Brother, Big Sister program and a member slash mentee of the Sienna summer camp. So my big sister, Kimberly, Kimberly, who was originally from the Herkimer area, was a student at Sienna. So on the weekends, 
She would bring me to campus where I spent time in her dorm room, in the dining halls, all throughout campus with different campus activities that she would bring me to. So at an early age, Sienna was my first introduction to college. And I knew at that point, Sienna was my goal. Um, Sienna and college were synonymous to me. Um, and from that point, Sienna was my number one choice. And I'm I'm intrigued that you said Herkimer too, because I'm from Utica. So I think after this podcast, I'm going to have to follow up with you again and see, you know, about Kimberly and see if we can reconnect with Kimberly as well and get that 315 connection. Uh, but Sienna has, has recently done an exceptional job at, at educating prospective students about, about the college admissions process and the Sienna experience. Uh, you know, they reimagined Sienna preview days and accepted students days. And just this past summer, we've launched Saints Camp, uh, where admitted students got to spend a weekend here during the semester to experience, you know, residential life and, and campus life uh, and what it would be like to be a saint for the next uh, few years. You know, and even for me in 2013, we didn't have all of that. And that was just 10 years ago. And for you in the 80s and in the 90s, as a transfer student, also had a little bit of a different experience as well. Uh, and as a Gen 1 student, uh, and, and as a transfer coming in at that time period. So can you share with our listeners today a little bit about the factors that came into play when you were looking at transferring into Siena College? Yeah, of course. Um, as I mentioned, Siena had always been my number one choice. I took the non-traditional path. I actually started out at Schenectady County Community College and later transferred on to Hudson Valley. It was during my studies at HVCC that I learned that Siena and Hudson Valley had an articulation agreement that allowed eligible students to seamlessly transfer to Siena, provided that they met the admission requirements for Siena. So I worked really hard and diligently to making sure I completed all the necessary prerequisites and coursework for the transfer eligibility into the business and then uh, Sienna had, uh, I don't know if they still have the program, but it was business and distributed education degree program. I thought I wanted to be a business teacher. And I later switched to the marketing and management uh, degree program. So there was an articulation agreement in place. I followed that path to seamlessly transfer into Sienna. Once I applied and received my acceptance, to Sienna, I learned from the financial aid director who was then Ann White, absolutely amazing person. Um, she, while she was putting together my financial aid package, she shared with me the opportunity to dually enroll at both schools. I had never heard of such a thing. I'm a Gen, ed, Gen 1 student, so I don't know, I don't know a lot about the college process in, per se. So she was a great resource and, and letting me know because I had two courses to finish at Hudson Valley. And I thought that I needed to complete those courses before I can begin courses at Siena. And through her, I learned that I could complete both programs simultaneously. And I did. So while completing those two courses at Hudson Valley, I was taking courses at Siena. So I, as soon as I would uh, finish course at, at Hudson Valley, I would drive across the bridge <laughs> <laughs> from across the Hudson River to uh, to uh, Loudonville and, and sit in the class at Siena. It was during the summer. So it was a great acclimation and transition to the four-year university also. So I wasn't immediately dumped into the fall busy semester. So that was really nice 
um, got me familiar with Sienna. And so it was because of my dual enrollment that accelerated my graduation at Sienna. And I was able to finish my bachelor's in three semesters. My brother works in the enrollment marketing office and my best friend works in, in admissions too. And the knowledge that they have about the process to get into Siena and all of the different avenues that people can take is, is so amazing. So it's so great to hear that you had a great relationship with that team when you were transferring into Siena for that adjustment and that acclimation to, to Siena life. And it was also great to hear in the pre-interview um, that even though you were a non-traditional transfer student, you still had some pretty amazing experiences here on campus. Uh, and, and as a podcast host, I was really, really excited <laughs> to hear about your time at WBCR 88 Frame Through the Saint. So can you share with the Siena listeners today what your role was at the radio station and, and kind of what you did? Yeah, working as a radio personality with Siena's radio station was a remarkable experience, which for me came full circle because I actually grew up listening to WBCR as a local teenager. So I'm from the Albany area and that was our radio station. They played R&B and hip hop music in the nineties and they had a, a nightly show from six to 9 p.m. And that was what I listened to. So it was awesome to many years later be part of the Quiet Storm radio show <laughs> as DJ Chardonnay. Uh, it was cool, such fun. Quite a joy, uh, a wonderful experience, and lots of fun. I uh, one of my you know off off the you know book uh, responsibilities at Siena is, is to create playlists for alumni weekend and to create playlists uh, for events. So I always have thought about being a radio host at the radio station and playing some awesome jams. Um, and I'm so glad that you had a, a great experience with that. And you were also, I believe, president of Delta Sigma Pi at Siena during your time. And for those that maybe not be may not be familiar with that, what is Delta Sigma Pi and kind of what were are some of your best memories for your from your time with them? Yeah, so Delta Sigma Pi is a co-educational professional business fraternity and one of the largest in the United States. Uh, Delta Sigma Pi prepares business students for successful professional careers but also instills the value of service, which is certainly a value of Siena um, and its principled leadership that characterizes Delta Sig in all phases of life. So Siena had a Theta Upsilon chapter of Delta Sig, and I was the president of our, pre of our, of our pledge class, which was a full semester. So that was an awesome experience. And as the uh, pledge president, I also organized professional development series and workshops with guest speakers from, you know, many different organizations. As an example, we would have guest speakers from General Electric come and speak to the class. And this was also open to all of the Siena community, not just to Delta Six. So we wanted to have an impact. And it was also a way of service. Along with our service, we organized community service events where we were going to the community and give back, also aligned with CN's values. We would go to uh, local schools and fix their equipment on the playground, paint their equipment in surrounding grounds. We also would donate food uh, for local Thanksgiving meals for those in need. So we did a lot as a community. It was a great experience. I'm still a part of the alumni chapter and I encourage all business students to be a part of it um, for access for professional development, 
service, social activities, and also to have access to a larger professional network. I came into to Siena in the School of Business, and, and I quickly realized that finance and economics was not my strong suit. But some of my best friends during those freshman and sophomore years also joined Delta Sigma Pi and, and have some of those great memories as well, and still use that strong alumni network to continue that professional development. So we have just about two minutes left until we have to cut to break right now for the first segment. So I'm gonna pocket that admissions question until we get to segment two. So I wanna conclude this, this first one by talking about some of those great relationships that we have as CNS Saints. Uh, one of the best parts about my job is when I go on the road to events or to do meetings, and the alumni always ask me, is so-and-so still at Siena? And they talk about some of the fondest memories that they've had either in the classroom, in the dining hall, just building relationships. Uh, and for you, Sherry, there was Dr. Calvante, professor of English, uh, and Brother Conway, who was professor of accounting at Siena. Can you talk a little bit about how influential those two played in your Siena experience to us? Yeah, Dr. Cal, um, Calvente, he was my education professor, and he was deeply committed to urban education. Um, through his classes, I completed my field experiences at Albany's urban schools and learned so much about the challenges and impacts of the, that are affected by those in the urban areas, the lack of resources, parental involvement, and ways to improve the learning environment and experience for all students. So from my work with Dr. Calvente, I grew a deeper affinity for education as a whole and wanted to have or leave some imprint, footprint in education, no matter how big or small. Um, I cannot forget about Brother Conway. <laughs> he was an exceptional person uh, with a bright, warm personality. Um, he was my accounting professor. And he was extremely approachable. For me, he was a beacon of light. Prior to him, prior to him, I did not have uh, many interactions with the fires on campus, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, for some, or at least for me, it, it's, it could seem intimidating, but he um, had such a way with people that made you feel very comfortable and approachable, and he had a unique approach to instruction that made learning fun, enjoyable, retainable. And I, I cannot forget to mention his memorable laugh. He has such a cackle <laughs> when he laughed. And, and, and he would crack himself up uh, um, in class. He was just a joy. And, and I will never forget him. Some of the, the best relationships that I have are, are with those Siena Friars. And it's so great to, to have that tradition still here at Siena in 2023. Those Friars living on campus and living in those residential buildings. We have a lot to unpack in segment number two. So don't go anywhere as when we come back, we'll talk about Sherry's career in higher education and her time as a contestant on The Wheel of Fortune. Stay with us, we'll be right back here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. Your Siena College Connection, 88.3 The Saint. Welcome back to The Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy from the class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by Shari Wilson, class of 2000, Senior Assistant Director of International and Internal Relations at Stanford University, former WBCR 88.3 The Saint host, and previously a Real of Virgin contestant. So you can tell in segment one that, that you were a radio host and you were you know, hinting at different things along the way. And one of them was uh, graduating from Siena early, uh, but you also stayed at Siena during that time period and you worked in admissions. Can you talk a little bit about that process and, and how you kind of 
gained that higher education experience at Siena? Yeah, it's interesting because I have no initial plans or idea to apply for a job at Siena and never thought about a career in admissions until I saw a posting at the HR office, just walking by, leaving the computer center, and I happened to glance at the wall posting. I applied for an assistant director of admission position, and I thought, what an, an amazing career opportunity to mix my love for education and marketing, to engage with prospective students and share my own personal perspective as a CNA student. Um, it was indeed the best of both worlds. I I don't know if I thought I was going to get the job or not, but after uh, a couple of rounds, I was offered the position before graduation. And I was like, wow, what an awesome experience and opportunity. And so, you know, the, the caveat was to finish my finals, graduate and Literally, I did um, that December and January, right after the new year. I started my career in higher ed with Siena. So after I graduated from Siena, I, I had a similar thing. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I ended up moving to Thailand to teach English. But my brother, Andy, he was a work-study student at Siena and instantly got a job at Siena in, in marketing. And he didn't leave either. And he's been here since, you know, since 2017 as well, working full time. Uh, but for you, you know, you only stayed for a few years and you made a few stops along the way. And, and one of the stops that I want to highlight is, is your time in Georgia. Uh, you spent around eight years down there. So you can you tell our listeners, you know, were you still in higher education down there? What, what, what did you do professionally uh, during your time in, in Georgia? Yeah. So after living in Albany all of my life, I wanted to <laughs> move away from the cold winters of upstate New York and try something new and move to a warmer climate. So I had the opportunity to work with the college board. They developed SAT exams and AP courses. And I went to work in their higher ed marketing division, working with many colleges across the country to help increase their recruitment efficiencies through various college board products that relate to recruitment and enrollment um, and other services. So while working at the college board, I got to remain closely connected to the work of college admissions. So it was almost like I never left college admissions. <laughs> and you also, you know, you still stayed relatively connected with Sienna. And this is really, really exciting because we just brought it back about a year and a half ago. And that's alumni clubs. Uh, and you were a club leader for Siena College in Georgia for roughly five years. Um, and, and now we have about nine established. And, and, you know, maybe we'll establish one out in California now. You know, you never know what could what could happen after this podcast. But can you talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to stay connected with Siena and how you did that through the alumni clubs? Yeah. So I, as a Siena alum, I, number one, wanted to just remain connected to the, to the Siena community. So as soon as I moved to Georgia, I updated my address and contact information with the alumni office so I can continue to get the, the newsletter and updates and such. And it was through that that I found that there was an Atlanta club. And I had no idea it existed. So I reached out to the alumni office to connect me with the club president. And they were beginning to host a meet and greet for alums in downtown Atlanta. I went, couldn't not believe that there were so many CNN alums 
in the Atlanta metro region. It was astonishing and just fascinating at the same time. Um, and from that moment, I got involved. I remained connected all while living um, in Atlanta. I became the club president, hosting quarterly events, ranging from meetups to baseball games to family picnics. It was nice to have that commonality with the alums and to build, to build our professional connection a thousand miles away from yeah. home. So it was really nice. Um, and we were able to build community within ourselves. So it was, it was, it was an awesome experience. One of my favorite things about, about my job is, is finding venues and, and event ideas that can bring that Sienna touch to people's hometowns. And that's what's so great about those alumni clubs is, is bringing that Sienna feel right into your backyard. But eventually exactly. you did make your way back up, up to Albany and, and you did get your first glimpse at international admissions at RPI. Uh, and then at UC Berkeley for about three and a half years until you now ended up at Stanford. So big picture, kind of what did you enjoy most about those jobs in international admissions? And what currently is your role with Stanford? Yeah, so um, just kind of fast forwarding, uh, not fast forward, rewinding a moment. Um, you know, I talked about that I've been in higher ed since I first entered the field with Sienna in 2000. So I've been in the higher ed space for 23 years and have had some wonderful experiences. My time with RPI is where I was introduced to international admissions and education. Uh, and I developed a new passion uh, where I got to learn about so many other cultures and country curriculums, mandates, educational settings and policies. While at RPI, I managed uh, the recruitment efforts for China, India, and Latin America which was, I got to learn so much. And it reinforced for me that lifelong journey of, mm -hmm. of lifelong learning experiences. Um, so this role led me to a three-year role with UC Berkeley, uh, similar responsibilities, managing China recruitment, um, still learning more, but advancing my learning. And, and it was there at Berkeley that I uh, took advantage of educational opportunities and started to learn the Mandarin language because I wanted to be able to engage more prospective students and their parents who did not, um, many of them did not speak or have proficiency with the English language. So I wanted to really connect with the culture and understand it more by taking um, those opportunity courses at uh, UC Berkeley Extension uh, program. Um, and so now I have been with Stanford a year very similar uh, in, in international admissions where uh, I was managing Japan. Now, um, because of my experience, I'm um, back with China um, <laughs> and some other domestic territory. So in short, I, I love learning more about education every day um, through international admissions. It's I get access to so many different countries and curriculums and just learning the different styles of instruction mm -hmm and curriculum types that students across the, the globe um, have access to or lack of access that um, and other challenges that they face, which helped me to um, give more perspective with the admission and recruitment um, process. Um, in short, I could not imagine a greater field to work um, because I feel like I am the dream maker connecting students to their dreams. So it's a it's a joy and a service and a passion that I have. And so it's, it's so inspiring to hear stories like that. You know, we talk with Lindsey King 
with the international programming at Siena uh, and, and my time over in Thailand teaching and, and just that lifelong learning that you mentioned is it, such a great thing to have and, and, and to inspire every single day. Uh, and, and it's shown in such a successful professional career that you have had, but you've also had a pretty successful TV career at the same time. Um, and you recently appeared on, uh, on Real of Virgin and, and I would say probably a pretty positive experience nonetheless at that too. Uh, so those, for those who are game show fanatics, can you provide a little insight into what it was like being on the game show and, and how your experience was with them? This was, I would say, probably by far the most amazing experience <laughs> that I have ever had. Uh, I've had some great experiences, but this definitely does top it. Um, you know, I've been a fan of the show for over 30 years, used to watch it every night with my mom, along with watching Jeopardy. And um, I always wanted to get on Jeopardy, but I don't think I would qualify. <laughs> <laughs> so um, during the pandemic, I noticed. Um, from watching these each night that many of the contestants were uh, from California or neighboring states. And so I decided to apply to audition, never imagined that I would get selected for an audition. And uh, I got the invitation. Uh, it was, you know, daunting. <laughs> and uh, so I went through the audition with about uh, and four other contestants where we were competing against each other to solve uh, puzzles. And honestly, I thought that was the end. And, and if I made it to the audition, because less than 1% are invited to audition. So I was like, I, I made it to the audition. That, that's good enough. I have a story to tell. Um, and, and the producer ended the audition with, um, if you don't hear from me, then like, don't reach back out kind of thing. <laughs> so I was just sure that I didn't make the cut. And it was about a month and a half or so later, um, maybe even two months, I literally forgot about it, went on with my life, and I got an invitation um, from Sony Studios to uh, accept the invitation to be a contestant on the Wheel of Fortune and to fly down for a live taping. And at that time, they were only accepting contestants who were from the state of California within driving distance or um, Nevada or, uh, yeah, it was, I believe Nevada, who was a neighboring state of California, um, because they did, they, they, uh, wanted you to have close enough without having too many, uh, challenges with flying COVID and such and exposure. So I, I, I went down for a live taping. It was a mother's day week special, which was really nice. So these were all mothers who were contestants really cool. of the show that week. We watched uh, five, there were five uh, tapings. And so they take five shows in a day and a backup show, just in case they have to pull, pull one. So I got to meet Pat Sajak. I got to meet Vanna White, who was awesome. She's originally from South Carolina. So she had that Southern draw, <laughs> you know, and she came in her jeans, no makeup, beautiful as ever. And just to talk to us and she was like, hey y'all, you know, <laughs> it was so cute. But um, I had a great experience overall. I uh, didn't make it to the bonus round, but I did win about 19000 in cash in a trip to Oahu. Uh, so we got to go there uh, for a week, and that was really nice. 
And I, I love that. You know, I watch I watch Wheel of Fortune. Uh, the Price is Right is one of my favorite shows with my grandmother. I used to watch all the time. I could also never be on Jeopardy. Uh, but it's so great to, to hear that story. And, and when you sent me that YouTube video, I was like, wow, that, that is such a, a, a great experience. And, and, you know, podcasts go by so fast. And, and unfortunately, we only have about 90 seconds left. So I just want to conclude today uh, with mentioning that Sienna is going to be heading out to California uh, for an upcoming Meet the President event. Uh, and for anybody wondering uh, where to find out about those events, you can you can visit sienna.edu slash meet the president. Uh, but to conclude today's show, I know that you registered for one of them in California. What are you looking forward to about Sienna coming to, to your hometown? Well, I'm super excited. I cannot wait. And I look forward to connecting, reconnecting, and meeting new faces and new people that are in Northern California. I hope that a club comes to Northern California. I would love to participate. I look forward to meeting the president. And it's just really nice um, to get to reconnect with Sienna 3,000 miles away from home. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today and, and sharing your Sienna story and, and your, your TV success as well. And, and I sadly won't be able to make the trip out to California, but there's going to be a bunch of members from Sienna on that trip. And I know we're looking forward to it. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. We'll see you next time right here on the Saints and Alumni Show.